This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. There we go. Oh, she does it again. Welcome back to another episode of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lure. I'm your host, Britton. Richie and Bobby are in the studio in Leavenworth. I'm down here in Ridgefield, and this is how we're going to do it from now on. Yeah. We're we, did still... te- we did a test, test run last week. Right. Went okay. Uh, got a little bit new system today. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we have it dialed. We we had to play with audio settings and stuff, but uh, we're kind of just doing this on the fly. So you got to bear with us, but we will get it dialed in. It's uh, cloudy and gloomy down here. What's it like up there? Oh, it's beautiful, sunny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, September first. Come on. Well, yeah. By the time you're listening to this, yeah, it's going to be sunny and nice. Well, it will be sunny and nice by the time we listen to it. But you know, I told you guys, I told you last week. <laughs> you watch the week before Dove opener. It's going to snow, sleet, hail, and guess what? It did. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going down as I talked before to Eastern Oregon. That's what we're going to do. We're yeah. going to dove hunt. The yeah. forecast is nighttime temperatures, and you know it'll be wrong. 34 degrees yeah see oh, God. i told you and well, 66 uh, during the day I, there's going to be no doves it, it, it's supposed to drop like <laughs> 15 18 degrees over the next few days and so you know it's going to push all the doves out they're all going to go down to richie's spot no they're down gonna, in southern oregon they're going to go right past it it's, <laughs> their tail feathers are going to be frozen no kidding jeez well, you know why why it. is it that too hot the last, last year it was too hot, but you know what? That's good for doves. Because yeah, see, that, that's that's what you need because it keeps but them here. Doves, doves are an appetizer for what we're really going for this this fall. Well, yeah. Well, I know. You got, but the, but you got to have the appetizer. That's right. Got to make dove poppers. Dove man. poppers. Dove poppers. I made jalapeno poppers this weekend. <laughs> With Bobby's garden-grown jalapenos, they were delicious. Were they? Were they hot? They weren't, were they... Spi- they weren't that spicy. Yeah. No. Ours are as mild as can be. Well, you know what I found out how or why a lot of jalapenos are, are extra hot and some aren't? It's because of how they get handled, actually. They, if you bruise a, a jalapeno yeah. in picking and handling it, the more handling that you yeah. have to a, a, a jalapeno, yeah. the hotter it's going to get. Yeah, well, and the other part of this is uh, water. Oh, yeah. You don't water it real well? Yeah. The cells are smaller. Yep. The heat's more concentrated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ours you, are mild as can be. Oh, you know, you know me. Guess what? If, if a little water's good, yeah. a lot more is yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're mild. Kimberly I, gets a little irritated with me once in yeah. a while. <laughs> Ours are nice and mild. And I was just telling Bobby, Britton, that our meals for the last, like, two weeks, are like every other night we have BLTs with grilled Walla Walla sweets. And then oh, yeah, we have jalapeno our, poppers. Our, our uh, Walla sweets, I pulled out the first one yesterday. Yeah. But we've also pulled out three five-gallon buckets of tomatoes. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what we got? We got those big old nasty hornworms. Oh, did you? Bad. Tomato worms. I nice. probably killed 20 of them. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, 
Pete? Have you ever seen one brown? No. We have three. We had three yesterday that were brown, not bright green. They were eating jalapenos. No, they're eating. <laughs> they better not be. I'm gonna fumigate that whole thing here in a minute. Huh. I just smash them. Yeah. No, you got to spray for those, man. It, it's bad. Yeah. That that sucks. I, I'm trying something different this year. You guys know I make marinara every year. Yeah. And so instead of just continually grinding and, and making uh, ziplocs and yeah. then saving it till the end of the season, I've been taking the the tomatoes whole and freezing them. Really? And then I'm going to take it and grind it all at one time. Oh wow! There's, there's no reason it won't work. Oh no, it'd be fine. The bad thing is, is I've yeah. got like two full shelves in the in the freezer now that have tomatoes. Tomatoes. And I'm, and I'm not. I think I might be getting too many. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, it'll, so, it'll take a lot. I'm coming in hot at Christmas with my own marinara I'm handing out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Good. Oh, I've been trying to perfect a, a good red sauce for the last like three weeks. But you talk about having BLTs. I've ate zucchinis with every dinner for the last month. Yeah. I've done everything. I did zucchini fries, pretty good. We do zoodles last night for like the 18th time in the last month. <laughs> you, the zucchinis are out of control. I would get rid of zucchinis in a heartbeat because you just I, – I am sick of zucchini. I know. So are we. I, well, I, I, I've been that way with our cucumbers yeah cucumbers I, I've eaten cucumbers same. literally from the first oh, of yeah. july oh yeah until now oh yeah yeah but see i love like i eat a salad with i eat salad for lunch i eat salad with dinner every night and i just load up like a quarter of a cucumber on it oh yeah but the other good way to do cucumbers is slice them into coins and a little salt with a bunch of tapatio on it and they are money oh yeah <laughs> you know that's so funny Britton, because long time ago when I was working at the Ranger District down here, and I had a crew, I had this guy on my crew who was a Hispanic guy, and he would pull out every day in his lunch a, a cucumber, cucumber yep. and he would pour tapatio on the top and eat it. Yeah. Yep. So every I've day. done that since I was like since I was a kid, and I would I, I just peel you know the yeah, skin peel, off the cucumber, and I just eat it like a banana. That's yeah. what he does. That's exactly yeah. what he does. And he just pours <laughs> tapatio on the top uh, of it. I was laughing. I'm like. Man, what I are like, you doing, dude? I love a little. Oh yeah, that must put, be a put that, the uh, hot uh, or put you know white vinegar and yeah. And, I uh, love that too. That's oh, good. white vinegar, a little oil, salt and pepper. Oh, oh that's my god! Good. Yeah, we make. I grew up poor. That was a good snack. Another yeah. way we like the cucumbers is to dice them. Yeah, and then you put them in a bowl with uh, feta cheese and yeah. olives yeah. and olive oil. Yeah, yeah, and then a little of our sunrise at sunset, but. You don't want to add the salt or seasoning until you eat it. Yeah. Because if you do, then the whole thing gets watery. Yep. So, so I had a fantasy football draft at the house last weekend, and I did uh, six pounds of tri-tip. Turned out amazing. I just used the Kinder's garlic, salt, and pepper, the blend. That's a good one. And just rub that on there, and it comes out perfect every time. But then I did chicken wings, and I like to put a little cornstarch on mine to keep the moisture yeah. in. And uh, then season it with your game bird and chicken, and yeah. they always turn out perfect. And so I always do them dry, and then you dip them, and uh, so you still get like that full, you know, taste of that seasoning on it. And then you know people can use whatever sauce they want. God, but, I'm getting hungry. Uh, the one thing I don't have is uh, any barbecue sauce, which I failed to get last what? time. What? <laughs> I'm completely out. Oh, wow. Guess what? I've I got, got some. How about you, Rich? I got lots. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've been uh, rationing. We we got uh, barbecued uh, full pork from a place down here in uh, like the orchards area. God, I can't remember the name of it, but it was amazing, and they made their own homemade barbecue sauce. And so I got two Meyer, jugs. Myers Market. No, I went to Myers and got the tri-tip. This okay. was an actual barbecue joint that does catering stuff that we got for the party you didn't go to. Anyway, I've been rationing it because they had a hot one that was phenomenal, but it's pretty much gone after last weekend. So I am uh, barbecueless in Ridgefield. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, you know, I could always send you some down. I think I, I'll probably have to jump on there and get some because I, I can't even pull myself to, you know, any of like the bottled stuff at the shelf, you know, baby, sweet baby rays is just trash now. It is. Yeah. Comparative. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. We ruined you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, That's our goal. I, That's I, our I, whole goal is to get y'all, get y'all hooked. And then you got to keep buying it. I just sent a whole case of it to, uh, the six pack case to Oklahoma. And the guy, <laughs> the guy sent me a note and goes, you got this Oklahoma boy hooked on that stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. See yeah. what I what I do with yours is I just pour it into a big uh, gallon Ziploc and then I dump crushed red peppers in it and then I put it into my own little you know just like you use at the shows little yeah. bottle. Yeah. And it adds that because it already has a little bit of a kick to it. Yeah. You know, but for me as like I drink hot sauce for fun sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not enough. So just he, a little he crushed par- red peppers. He is partially does. retarded. I know he is. Yeah. I've tried to put like tapatio in it, but all that vinegar makes it taste different. So the crushed red yeah. peppers do. No, you don't want to do that. Uh, we were thinking about making a, a hot version of it, but you know how that goes. It's like a whole and nother. The, by the by the gallon. And a whole nother thing, and another label, and 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 pallets at a time. So it's like, uh, yeah, add your own hot no, no, crushed no, no, no. peppers. No, we, we've got we've got other things. We we got short lunch to do. I know. Well, I've got that figured out, but we need to figure out how to get it bagged. Okay. The thing that we'll try, we can try and see is if the rice flour is any different than the regular flour. Okay. And if it isn't, then we can go for it. And I would like to have that by the time we get to show season. Absolutely. Absolutely. We might actually, Harrods Cookhouse may have another seasoning in time for show seasoning as well. Something that you haven't told me about? Yes. Oh, my God. Really? You're bringing back the Parmesan. No, I wish. I wish. A lot of people wish I would, too, but it, it's just too hard. It, you got to make a large order, and then it sits, you know, and if, if people don't buy it, then there it is. Yeah. I made a homemade Cajun seasoning recently. Very good. Was it? Well, oh, yeah. you'll be happy to know that Cajun I... Tots. Oh, really? You'll be happy to know that I made Finn and Field sauce. Uh, <laughs> you actually yeah. said it right. I, 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 used, I had to do that just just for Rich. He, he so. can't. He could never call it the right name. So, oh, so it's spicy jalapeno sauce. But I use that 100 <laughs> percent of the time. I don't buy taco seasoning anymore. No, I just well, use that. I, I don't mix it up. I don't make sauce with it. Yeah, I I 100 percent just use it as a taco seasoning. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's why we put it in a bottle too, so you don't have to use your little packages. It's called Finn and Field seasoning, and if oh, you, I didn't know you and if that. you, I use little packages. No, we have it in a bottle, Britton. Where have you been? It's right since, here. Since I, when do you have it? Oh, oh, he's ta- he's ta- It's still in a dry, uh, dry, but it's in, in the uh, the bottles. Yeah, like but you can buy it in bulk and not just in little packages because those packages get messy if you don't cut them perfectly. And I don't use a whole thing for taco seasoning. I used to take that stuff and 
I'd buy the pound bag and uh, just go back and pre-measure them and put them into Ziplocs. And so it was all I had to do is just take it and open it up and dump yeah. it in yeah. when I made uh, a well, batch of sauce. You, here's the thing. If you if you really like the Finn and Field sauce and you've been buying the packets, but you'd like to use the seasoning, you can buy it in bottles. We have it in bottles. It's called Finn and Field seasoning. And it's a third of a cup will make the same as what's in one of those little packets. So if you... If you, know, if you want to buy it to use it as a seasoning, but then also want to make the Finn and Field sauce, then all you got to do is buy it in the bottle, use a third of a cup, and you're good to go. Yeah, so now it's multi-purposeful and less of a mess. Exactly. So well, if you want that one pound, because I do do those for, you know, on the side, when you get your barbecue sauce, I'll make you yeah. a special deal. Perfect. Yeah, no, because I uh, I bottle all of my own seasonings anyway, so uh, that does the that does the job. Okay. Yeah, I need to get fully re-upped on the sunrise to sunset. I used like half of the ch- game bird chicken last weekend. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I use the hell out of it. I just you got more options now, and that makes it makes it all good. I know. That's a nice cup you got there. What do you got? Yeah, so I am drinking out of my We Are Outdoorsman special coffee cup. That's right. And uh, you can't see me right now, but I'm into the camera showing it <laughs> as uh, just big and bolts of special coffee, and everyone knows what the hell I'm drinking. So That's right. <laughs> got our Wood Family Spirits. Uh, well, Bobby's still drinking OG vodka, which is awesome. But I've got I need to make a run. Columbia bourbon, that's what I got. Yeah, I need to make a run up to the Dallas since I'm closer now and uh, pick up a couple bottles because I am bone dry on the Wood Family Spirits, but I do have dough ball and mix the dough ball with a little bit of creamer. It is an outrageous good morning drink. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to send him to rehab. I think we might have to. Yeah. This is the first time. See again, bad, bad influences. Well, exactly. Yeah, he 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 lives with his dealer. I know. Yeah, Yeah. he lives with his dealer. You know, a a junkie living with the dealer. I know. That's not good. That's not good. (laughs) Yeah, we we have multiple bars here, and uh, it is significantly thinned out after having ten college buddies over over the weekend. But uh, I'm surprised you didn't get thrown out so far i mean that that's really surprising yeah you're i can't believe i i'm (laughs) extremely surprised too i'm still on thin ice oh that's that's why he did what he did Uh oh Oh. now we got it now we figured it out (laughs) why i stayed up all night yeah yeah just when you're 30 plus years old no puking on carpets people (laughs) Was was not me but Brad, you. if you're listening, you are not invited back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you know what? I, I kind of grew out of that stage, and yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all, every nine out of ten of us did as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody thought uh, they were still young. Yeah. It was not good. Not good. So, uh, yeah. That's all right. It's, we can't go dove hunting this next week or, you know, yeah. here in a day or two because the all the gone. doves are gone. And they moved grouse season instead of September 1st. Now it's the middle of the month. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't open on the 1st like it has forever. And I did know. not know that. And actually, when I was talking to Danny, who is our guest today, 
I said it opened September 1st, so much yeah. I know about it. Yeah. I'd have probably been illegal if I'd have hunted here. Oh, that would have been great. Jeez. I, hey, I've got him on speed dial. I just, Jeez. Hey, there's this guy up on the hill shooting these grouse I'm, right that's, now. I'm, go, <laughs> I'm going to Oregon, and I know it's open on uh, September 1st, so yeah. not a problem. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as Rich alluded to, we have uh, Danny Coyne, our uh, resident, no, non-resident, because uh, he's from Canada. <laughs> yeah, he is. Eh? Uh, Canada. What do you think, he, eh? He's been a Maxler Pro staffer forever. Uh, previously, or still currently, or in transitionally, uh, runs bcfishing.com. Um, you've probably seen him all over our TV shows and on uh, social media. But uh, Danny's uh, gotten heavily into wildlife photography and does a really but a lot of very cool um, outdoorsy stuff. So he came through the valley recently and stopped in and uh, had a conversation with Richie. So we'll get into that at some point today. It's always good to talk to Danny because uh, he's a hell of a good time. Yeah. We, he stopped and saw Bobby first, so he was wound up by the time he got here. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. He stopped by the shop, you know, and – you know, I know he. I know he's busy. He's, he's heading down to go see his mom down in Bend, and and mm-hmm. you know he he wanted to stop by and say hi, and and that turned into a two hour talk session. You know, as per usual, and we you know we have we haven't been up to Canada for a couple of years because of of the whole COVID and all the rest of the BS. By the time you start talking, pretty soon, I mean, you know, we're off doing all oh, sorts yeah. of stuff. And I mean, and Danny's going 90 miles an hour. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, as per usual. We talked yeah. for two and a half hours, yeah. not, not on the uh, podcast, but we talked yeah. for two and a half hours. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, I got to go. You yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Should be a great conversation to catch up with Danny and just talk about what he's doing. But uh, we also, you know, just like last week, still haven't done a whole lot. Uh, but there's a whole lot on the calendar. We're going to do some fishing, um, you know, obviously getting right into the thick of hunting season. By the time you hear this, Richie will be trying to kill a bear. Trying to kill a bear and then transitioning and getting ready to go kill an elk. So yeah. I'll, got, I'll have all kinds of stories here pretty soon. I mean, it's, it's yeah, going to be well, unreal. You, you know, obviously you, <laughs> you, you're going to have that attachment on your bow, so there's no excuses. Exactly. Oh, you know, I hope that comes in time, but uh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. oh, he's not going to tell us if he got it's, it. Or it's not. in the mail. Checks in well, the mail. He had, to or- he had to order it. Come on now. Every time, you know, you, you got to have an excuse in your back pocket. So I, I appreciate you uh, being honest about keeping that one. <laughs> You know, we always have all oh, the barometer changed anytime we had a bad day. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And this is coming from the guy that always catches one fish less than me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for you guys to watch a couple of these episodes. Bobby and Britton are just like constantly, who's going to catch the most? Yeah, it's getting intense because, you know, we're a completely level playing field from a skill perspective. So. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. man. Wow. I, I, th- I think I just got, I think I just got the fin. <laughs> I think you might have got the fin. Yeah. That was the lucky fin. <laughs> Oh, golly. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, gearing up for fishing. we got football season happening. That means we're getting close into uh, my favorite time of the year. So uh, excited for all of that. Should we uh, jump into our conversation yeah. with Danny and uh, regroup afterwards? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Dan- Danny and I are going to talk about a little grouse hunting and some photography. It's good stuff. 
grouse and photography. So we're going to jump into that with Danny Coyne. And uh, when that is over, we will be back to wrap it up. I'm going to go fill up real quick. <laughs> you just filled up. It was a light fill. Oh. All right. We'll be right back. So Danny, what the heck? Here you are. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Folks, it's a, a real pleasure for me. I've got Danny Coyne here in the Herod Outdoor Studio. I can't believe it. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, good to see you, man. It's been a while. <laughs> I know. Uh, some of you know probably about Danny Coyne. He used to do bcfishing.com quite a lot and, and of late has been doing a lot of photography and now he's an award-winning photographer. <laughs> Tell us about that, Danny. I think they've heard before, but let's let's hear it again. Yeah, you know, like through the during the pandemic, there I got a little bored, so <laughs> I picked up an old kit camera that I had laying around. And I finally learned how to use it, and funny thing is, Richie, us hunters actually know how to get on some animals. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us have these skill sets that we don't even actually know that cross over things. So it came really natural to me, and a uh, little few workshops here and there, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess now it's been three years, kind of really, yeah, really uh, serious into it. Um, been selling my work, got to my work in some galleries and yeah, won an award there with the Wild Sheep Society of BC and man, I just love it. You know, I get to go out 12 months out of the year and go hunting. I just trade my rifle for my camera Yeah, and then right. come, come September 10th, the camera gets put away and you know. <laughs> Till I get my tags filled. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time that you were on the podcast, we, we talked by way of phone, and uh, you were talking about some of that work that you were doing. And so there's been quite a bit of water under the bridge since then. And so what I thought we would do today is talk a little bit about what you got coming up for hunting. Right before we got started here, you had said something about maybe doing some blue grouse hunting this oh, fall. Oh, man, this is the one thing. Like, <clears throat> I live in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia there, and man, it's hot. It's so warm. And we're surrounded by fires right now. Yeah. And uh, so I'm not really too keen to go deer hunting yet, but I want to go out and do some scouting. And, and then uh, we're going to get some cooler evenings here. So the elk will start moving around. But the one thing I love to do this time of year in uh, early September is go out and start pursuing some blue grouse. Oh, yeah. Because you get your mountain legs back. I mean, I've been pretty good this last winter, or sorry, this last summer doing lots of hiking. But we all know when you're going to go pursue uh, mule deer in the later season or elk. Yeah. You better have some you, strong legs, buddy. <laughs> you, you'd better get yourself in shape. And... That's right. So I always find blue grouse. It's mm -hmm. always a great thing to go yeah. out. Um, it's a great way too, which I also love, is taking new hunters out. Yeah. So I got a few friends that um, they're just picking up hunting. I've got my good hunting buddy. He He's itching to go out and get him some, uh, some grouse. And uh, over the summer, we've been hiking some areas and stumbling. Actually... I'll tell you right now, if you ever find me, you know, with a heart attack in the bush, a blue grouse did it because those buggers, they scare the crap out of you. Don't they, though? Oh, gosh, dang it. Oh, I I'll tell, tell you. you. Yeah. yeah. So is the season the same up there? Do they, does it start uh, September 1st? Uh, for September 1st is going to be the, um, is going to be youth. <clears throat> Excuse me. Youth season starts on September 1st. Yeah. And then September 10th, where I live, is when it opens up for general season. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's uh, it's similar here. You know, first part of September is when we open up, and um, 
runs clear clear until December 31st. Now, when you're in Oregon, it's uh, it's not. It's it's a shorter season. They don't go near as long as some of the up, other upland birds. But you know, down there as well as here, we get um, rough grouse, blue grouse, and then the other thing that's kind of unique here in Washington, we get those spruce or fr- what they call Franklin's grouse. Got yeah, the the sp- little yeah, the little spruce. eye, yeah, little eye patch. Yeah, there. yeah. Do you guys have those? We as have well? those. Yeah. yeah, I got a rough grouse. I figure as well. you probably would. Yeah, and so that's a fun one to hunt. I mean, it's kind of neat that you can get three different species of grouse. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You go out there and we're allowed five a day. Oh wow. So, That's yeah. pretty generous. Yeah, it is. And they're yeah. everywhere there. I mean, yeah. some years, I mean, there's, um, you know, they're harder to find than others, but mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you right now, if I'm, this, this year has been a good year for grouse where I'm from anyways. Good. Um, spruce, rough and, and blue. So yeah. I like going after the blues cause I find them a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of like to, um, Instead of using a shotgun, I'll go after one with the twenty-two in the scope. Yeah, yeah. And they're just, I don't know, you can see. Yeah. You're getting in that little bit of higher country than right. just find a rough grouse running across the logging road. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I really enjoy blue grouse. That's what I did a lot when I was a kid. We used to go in the Minam country in northeast Oregon, and we'd hunt them on the breaks of the Minam River and the Wallow River. And, God, that was so much fun. So much fun. And, and we would, you know, it was a regular upland bird kind of hunt with the blues because you'd jump them you'd jump them off the brakes and they'd fly that's exactly right and it was a lot of fun it was great with a shotgun but a lot of this country here when you get in the high ground finding blue grouse or those or franklins um spruce grouse the you you can do you can get them with a 22 oh yeah 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 because they're just like plucking around like chickens we'll go in the big you know the big fur growth yeah and uh we'll literally grab our binos and yeah. we're just like trying to spot them yeah and then yeah. we stock up on him yeah, and then yeah. all right he's clear he got him got him <laughs> and a little crack and then there he is so. i know and yeah. there's nothing like doing you know we do shore lunch when we're fishing <laughs> and when you're in the mountains you can do you know i don't know what we call it we call it the the bush lunch or <laughs> the something. bush lunch yeah. yeah 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 very bush league that's yeah, for sure yeah, but that's it what tastes it is. good nothing there's wrong nothing with it. like eating a, a grouse in the high country we, and we you know because it overlaps with the big game seasons everywhere that i go we always have a grouse arrow when we're archery hunting because you're going to get a grouse and and the few times that we've backpacked in and hunted off our back getting a grouse was like Oh my God, we got a grouse for today. We're not we're eating getting, bag meals we're tonight. We're not boys. eating bag meals. We're going to eat a grouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. we'd usually, uh, sometimes I remember hiking in with us one with my dad, and we were, uh, he packed the pasta sauce and the noodles and he said and i'm looking at the pasta sauce i'm like dad there's no meat in here he's like no that's up to you no that's so, right you know, yeah the pressure was on but, yeah. yeah we stumbled along enough that uh we were able to get some some grouse in that spaghetti yeah. yeah yeah we did that when we were in montana we had those little dried noodle packets that we had with us and and no meat but it was like every day we'd go out because we were at like nine thousand feet we we're hunting hard for weeks and we we're like for two weeks and we're like you know what you need boys come back with a grouse you need some protein need man some more food in this high elevation we're really we're really getting after it. so yeah <laughs> that'll right. be a lot of fun i can't wait for all that too uh, got a little archery stuff coming up but then i'm going to be focused on birds but you mentioned earlier that you know you guys have had a lot of fires this year uh some really devastating ones near near Kelowna <clears throat> and uh and others around and yeah. what do you what what's your sort of estimation on what that's going to do to you know hunting opportunities this year uh, big game or otherwise 
Well, yeah, our, our area has been absolutely decimated by fire. Like in West Kelowna, it was just so, so heartbreaking to see, you know, our communities go through it. Lots yeah. of homes were lost. Uh, we have a wild sheep herd in there that's been, oh, I don't even know. Like I know some of them survived. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I haven't been able to connect with the biologist yet to see what his thoughts are, like to find out their, the coloring information off them. But you know, this is nature doing its thing. I mean, yeah, obviously, right. man, we need more prescribed burns in my we opinion, do. you know, we like do. this should be yeah. happening in the shoulder seasons, not in the mm-hmm. middle of August. Yeah. But, uh, if I could resort back to 2003 and watching that 2003 fire go rip through the Okanagan Valley in the Okanagan mountain park, I mean, it was devastating. It burnt down half of Kelowna, but I'll tell you about five years later, we had some of the best mule deer oh, yeah. populations in there. The yeah. wild sheep bounced back. Disease got a little bit under control. So, you know, this is nature doing her thing. So right. this is just years and years of prescribed burns happening all at once. Yeah. And it's sad to see the resources being spent the way they are, when I think it's a lot of it's preventable. But you know what? Our ungulates are going to be definitely a lot mm-hmm. better in the end of it, I think. Yeah. It's devastating to see, yeah, there's, we're going to be definitely probably losing some current habitat as well as animals to it. But, you know, this is where where I come from, we have the BC Wildlife Federation. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there. That's they're already talking about to government and such and under, trying to educate people that this is, you know, this is nature doing its thing that's going to bring sure. back more more forage for those animals. The hunting season is going to be a little bit different. Right. You know, me personally, I'll, uh, you know, this is up all, always up to personal preference. There's going to be certain areas that I'm going to absolutely not hunt yeah. because I believe in the fair chase rule. So, I mean... I know one little drainage right now, if I go in there, I'll find all the mule deer just stuck in there because it's a refuge yeah, area. Sure. But of course, I'm not going to do that. Right. So this warmer temperature needs to settle yeah, down before no, I go after it. No that's kidding. for sure. Boy, it's hot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think our outlook and uh, what's going to happen with the with our uh, with our elk and our, and our uh, deer population, I think they're going to definitely benefit from some of it. That's for sure. Yeah, there's always there's always benefit in the end like that. It does take time. It's kind of delayed. We sacrifice kind of short-term, not-so-good hunting for much better later on. There's no doubt about it. It's the unfortunate part about fires like these and everywhere basically here in the West is that a lot of these involve our communities, and so the real devastation is is not so much to habitat. That comes back, but it's it's hard. Well, I guess homes come back too, but still, you know what I'm saying? That's it's, right, yeah. yeah you, you, people lose memories, and they, they lose their personal property, and, and that's hard to replace. Yeah, for sure. And the one good thing I do see out of this, like the communities coming together is just amazing. Yeah. You know, you watch everyone. There's been a lot of divide in the world lately, and mm. just watching everyone come together, supporting each other, opening up their homes, that's been great to see that. Yeah, way. and yeah. We've, we've been seeing all that here as well what's going on up there and it's really it's really cool to see and of course those of us in in this entire valley from here clear to there we're pretty used to fire so it's not so <laughs> yeah nothing new <laughs> come may 1st we both my yeah. wife and i we have go bags on the go yeah. ready, ready e- anytime exactly that's yeah. just kind of way it is so uh, uh so what else you got coming up you got any special deer tags elk tags yeah, you know, our typical mule deer season, for me, I uh, start to get real serious into the mule deer about mid-October, mm-hmm. and then uh, it goes until November 10th for, for us, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been doing a little scouting, got some good areas, uh, <laughs> I got one nice little elk area that I'm eyeballing up, and I recently gotten pretty damn 
good shape in the last two years. Yeah, so you have. I, uh, I can't wait to run those mountains. I think you've gotten rid of a whole man. I'm yeah, I think sure. so. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back on that maple whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dang it. And then he, and then somebody else is drinking it because he couldn't bring me I couldn't any. bring any down. God no. dang yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely I'm itching to get out there for the mule deer season. Uh, we've got Thanksgiving weekend, long weekend in uh, mm -hmm. mid-October plan to go out. Got me and my good buddy. We're gonna go and pursue some, and then uh, the whitetail. Like I like to go after whitetail about you know mid mid November. So nice and space rut. together during the rut. Yeah, yeah, and need that snow. Yeah, moves them around a little bit. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's what kind of makes a difference here on our mule deer hunts. And and if you're in an area that has whitetail, which we do have that in northeast Washington, there's there's quite a few whitetail, and and even now some in northeast Oregon in places that, that uh, same kind of a thing, having snow, whether you're mule deer or whitetail hunting, it's great to have it when you're in that rut, especially that's oh, nice. Oh man, when you're watching that forecast and you yeah. go from like mild weather to, yeah. you see it, you're just, I know. all of a sudden my sick days are coming out at yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. It must've brought on the cold. <laughs> yeah. Tell everybody what you're doing with your photography these days. You, you just, I know you do a lot of stuff with uh, the wild sheep, society but yeah what else what else yeah so doing? i'm still an ambassador with the wild sheep society of bc mm -hmm. and uh just going out and checking on the herds of the sheep and uh it's neat because uh i get to go out photograph the sheep get some good yeah. we call them banger shots in yeah, the photography for industry sure. yeah you know get some really good shots but then the other thing is that we walk uh, we work with the, the local biologists mm -hmm. we have this movi disease that's still riddling through all oh, uh, right it's not just in bc it's it's yeah. unfortunately in a lot of the west so going out and taking really good, clear photos. And if I see any of that, you know, snotty noses, those kind of conditions, and I report that back to the biologist. Uh -huh. If the biologists have an area concern, like just biologist last spring was worried about an ear mite that was a possibly infested in an area that didn't have it before, Seropsis mites. He said, hey, if you're going to be going out in that area, like this is an area of concern. So mm -hmm. next weekend, me and another couple of, bio or, sorry, couple of uh, photographers are going out there sending those photos to the biologists so they can see it. Um, so yeah, the Wild Sheep Society of BC, they do a lot of great work and they've put a lot of money back into onto the ground yeah, for really wild sheep. Like it. Yeah. Oh, it's just an amazing group of people. And then with the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance. So I'm the Okanagan uh, representative for BC for the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance. Hmm. And we're just still trying to get that really kind of rolling in, in BC. Uh, the group down on the coast and near Chilliwack has been doing some good counts. And we've got some uh, got some good stuff. I can't really say too much about it right now mm. because it's not 100%, but it has to do with more putting standard operating procedures in for uh, mountain goat counts that we're going to be using to help biologists, not just in mm. BC, but all over. Yeah, we just had a, the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance just actually had a, a, a count here down in Chelan. I, unfortunately, I came down with COVID, so I wasn't able to nah. attend that one. Yeah, but yeah, that's a bummer. They put a lot of boots on the ground counting wildlife and giving that information back to huh. the bios. So that gives you another opportunity to take some really great pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't give me the perfect excuse to yeah. get out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely going to be pursuing uh, the elk rut. I, my mm. wife and I, we love the Kananaskis country out, uh, out by that uh, Canmore area. And we're going to be going out there for a week and I'm going to go mm. and chase some elk around with the camera and get some good shots in there mm. and... Then we're going to head up towards just outside of Jasper area too as well and, and uh, get those really good shots. I mean, <clears throat> I wish I could get that close to 
non-park animals but the reality is yeah know, right no that's not ever gonna happen <laughs> no that'll yeah. be what i'm working on here in, a, in about a week and a half so. yeah you get a split second to take uh, the yeah, press the shutter and that's about it yeah <laughs> i got the odd few ones like that but <laughs> i gotta use the handicap and go into the park a little yeah, bit <laughs> i can see that yeah but yeah it's it's coming up though i'm excited we're going to montana so I'm really looking forward to being in the woods, bow in hand, chasing some elk. Yeah, yeah. And the I, weather's cooling down for you oh, now. Oh, it's so. going to be good. It should yeah. be good for everyone. I think we always say that cold weather kind of gets their balls to sort of That's tighten <laughs> up, and then they start bugling. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, it's cold. I'm going to bugle. That's right. <laughs> you blame them? <laughs> no, I don't blame them. Not in one bit. Well, that's good. It sounds like you got a lot going on, and, I, you know, it's a— uh, we're just kind of doing this spur of the moment. I'm glad that you stopped by to visit and and haven't seen you for a while, and, and we need to not make it so long. I know. I know, right? Huh? Yeah. Huh? And then when I was visiting Bobby down there at Max Lure, I said, don't worry, I'll be back here sooner yeah, or later. Yeah, uh, exactly. Definitely want to pursue a walleye bite in the fall, too, oh, yeah. with you boys. So We got that coming up to look forward Man. to, too. Get some of our hunting out of the way, and then we'll be chasing some wallies. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Looking forward to it. So uh, tell folks where they can find your photography. Yeah, so if you go to dannycoinphotography.com or on uh, Instagram, you can find me at Danny Coin Photography, or sorry, Danny Coin Photography yeah, on yeah. Instagram, <laughs> and then as well as on Facebook. Yeah. I'm all there, yeah. Yeah, and um, you do have for photos for sale. Yeah, so I, I sell prints, and uh, a good amount of my proceeds from all the prints go towards uh, conservation groups such as Wild Sheep Society, BC, yeah. Rock and Mill Goat Alliance, and uh, as well as some of my local fishing game clubs as well. Very cool. And if someone down here in the States wanted to buy them, they can do that too. You have Absolutely. To... Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. I ship prints all over. I can drop ship it right to your front door Sweet. Uh, all around North America. That's awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Richie. I'm glad you came by. Yeah, it's been a slice, buddy. Yeah. All right. Bye. should have done that during the carpet. break well i did dur- during the break but i gotta have one more before you know i mean come on zamboni the carpet yeah <laughs> we had the zamboni the carpet we had a little uh little mishap but we uh recovered we, yeah yeah we got carpet issues at both locations <laughs> both studios have been well, soiled soiled <laughs> our carpets are about the same color too it doesn't come out good when it's red mm, no <laughs> this was like a little bit of cream with og vodka but yeah Hopefully the OG vodka will have killed any yeah, oh, know, yeah. anything yeah. that was It'll in there. It'll kill anything in there. So. <laughs> It'll be all right. It'll well, be all right. That was a great conversation with Danny. Thank you was. for doing so, Richie. Yeah, it was great to have him by. You know, the, the stuff that he's getting into, you know, that whole wildlife photography, you know, I didn't realize how, how in-depth he was getting with all of this stuff. He's part of the Sheep Federation up there, mm-hmm. and, and they're using him to go out and yeah. basically film some of these these yeah. different herds and different groups of, of animals. Yeah, I mean he he's really getting into it. Oh he is. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, parlayed a passion into uh you know, doing good and the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, it's all it's all part of, of you know, people people think as, as hunters as, as you know, the these hardcore grizzly, you know, who are out there killing, maiming. You know what? 
hunters are, are the biggest conservationists in, in the whole group or the scheme of things. And, and Danny's kind of the epitome of that. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're basically managing and helping take care of right. herds of animals up there, different groups of animals, whether it's the sheep, whether it's elk, whether it's, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And he was saying that the photography that he does, that the biologists can actually, because they're so detailed. Yeah. Yeah. They can look at the photo and see if they have any signs of disease. Yeah. And yeah. that's how they can sort of tell what how the herd's doing. Yeah, I'm that's like, what that's he pretty said. cool. He, he said he said the bios they give yeah. him a call and say, Hey, look, I've got this this right. herd up in, you know, this particular area and we've heard that, that there might be some issues. Uh, yeah. can you go up and photograph? And Danny, I mean, he goes up there and I mean he gets right in the middle of them. He does. And uh, he's got a lens though that's oh, from me oh, to you. Absolutely. I mean he he <laughs> The pictures that he's doing are just They're phenomenal. Wonderful. Yeah, he's he's award winning, man. Yeah, yeah. So you can go find Danny's uh, work at Danny Coin Photography on Facebook, and I believe he's on Instagram too. But like, I'm scrolling through right now, and you know, he's like staring an elk in the rut right in the face. You know, and these are all up close, high res. I mean, oh, yeah. it's full face photos of these animals, and you know, it takes a skill just to get up to where these animals are and be yeah. able to see them. And then, you know, he has the the control with the camera to be able to take these amazing pictures and yeah like you said award-winning stuff so definitely go check it out danny coin photography on facebook it's uh i mean they're incredible stuff and he's posting constantly so yeah i got this uh, picture right here above me of an elk in the bugle yeah that's danny's picture I'll tell you what, man. He he <laughs> he, he does a, a fantastic job. Oh, is well, that the he, black he does he does as good a job as what he does fishing. The only thing is, is he quit posting fishing. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that it's not black and white. I had a black and white one, and I I made that one for my brother for Christmas. This is the one where the the elk's kind of peering over a log, and he's he's bugling, and it's in full color. Yeah, yeah it's gorgeous. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's impressive. I just, he's got some of grizzlies on here, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, moose and all sorts of stuff, eagles. So go check it out. Thank you to Danny for jumping on the podcast. We do need to get up there and go fishing. I've never gone up and fished in Canada once in my life. I've, you know, obviously never been invited up there. I hadn't, I'm not even allowed up there as far as I know. But uh, <laughs> No, that's me that's not can, allowed up there. Yeah, no, Richie got kicked out last time. No, we that 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 whole fishery up through the caribou, you know, we need we need to get you know Danny and and Mike Pittenger and a few of those guys together and go up Ken. and go hit that whole caribou. Go up and see Mark. Yeah, we'll go up and see Mark up at Lone Butte and and you know I I tell people this it's probably the finest for catching kokanee probably the 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 best area that you could ever fish because you know within a twenty mile radius. There's probably a half a dozen lakes that you could go catch a limit, which is five fish up there, of two and a half pound plus kokanee. Oh no! I mean, they're they're it's just phenomenal fishing. Well, we had uh, Mike Pittenger and Ken Kinshaco. They they've kind of taken over a little bit of the the pro staff responsibilities and kind of overseeing our program up there. And so this year they did a four or five derby stretch where they kind of spearheaded Max Lure sponsoring the youth series. Yeah. And then actually the last uh, derby of the year, they, they took home first place and heaviest butt with biggest fish. So they're doing well with the Max Lure stuff up there. And, uh, you know, just a quick shout out to say thanks to them for uh, putting in all the work to rep in the Maxler stuff up there they're, they're doing an awesome job and, absolutely uh, obviously the, the fishing's off the hook so 
It is. We've done uh, several episodes of the Northwest Outdoorsman up there, both ice and open water, yeah. and to give you some idea of, of the size of the fish up there. Oh, they're, they're just, yeah. it is really, really good fishing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, awesome. It, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I, tr- I try to push as many people up that way as possible because, like I said, people want to go down to Flaming Gorge and try to catch that, that, that yeah. big fish, or they want to go up on Roosevelt because right. you got the opportunity yeah. to catch you know that, that yeah. big fish. And, and, you know, both Flaming Gorge and Roosevelt are waning quite heavily yeah. in the last few years, not not doing real well. But I'm going to tell you what, that caribou region up there, they have some phenomenal fishing. Absolutely oh, phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Year-round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that year you went up there and caught all those beautiful browns. Or did you wear those brook trout? Brookies. Brookies. Yeah. I went up and caught... <laughs> Oh my God! I forgot. Almost forgot about that. We didn't make a show, but I made a couple promos. Mark and I went and fished this lake, uh, Secret Lake, and caught these brook trout that I've never seen brook trout like that. Yeah, that yeah. was unreal. Oh yeah, they were so huge. fat. They were huge. Well, we we've we've got one slated. We we were gonna do another uh, one. Mike Pittenger's got yeah. one that he said we we can go catch brook trout. You know five to eight pounds oh my gosh i mean like big fish i'll tell you you know all these were these were that two and a half pound fish yeah yeah. and the thing about it is oh this is a good story so you could probably find it on my youtube channel if you want to go check it out the ice we were fishing on this ice mark takes me to this lake and we start out on the ice yeah and the ice is clear Oh, man (laughs) and we get on the ice and i'm like mark i don't know about this he goes oh it's plenty deep I go, it doesn't look plenty deep to me. He goes, trust me, it's fine. So we go out there, and not only is it clear, it is like glass. Slick. You couldn't even stand, you know. I've got my boots on, you know, and my pack boots. And you just, you had to shuffle like an old man. And we finally get out there, and he drills through. It's 10 inches of solid, clear ice. Holy cow. So we were fishing in the shallows for these things, and we're using crip lures. Yeah. And just a little bit of bait and a crip lure, and you just move it a little bit, and it brought them in, and you could see them coming. I was going to say, could you watch them come in? You could watch them coming through the clear ice, because we're like in, you know, six to eight feet of water. Right. And here they come. You're just like, here they come, you know, here they come, here they come. And you just kind of stop and just wiggle a little bit, and then you'd get those big fish on in that shallow water. Oh, man. And you'd see them in the ice going over here and over there and up through. The, oh, man, it was so much fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. Oh, my gosh. It was beautiful. <laughs> it's like that first time when, when you and I and Lance went up there. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> we, we'd, we'd never ice fished in our life. And, and you you step out on, you know, there's a bunch of snow on it. And you step out on there and you go, hmm, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Well, yeah. it had a little false ice layer because yeah, it had yeah. melted and then you are going to break through. And oh, then, my God. But there was what? There was like. Oh, probably 14. 18, I was going to see yeah, say like least. 16 inches of yeah. ice under there. But it was freaky. And the best part, you got you guys got to go look that up. You got to go look on my YouTube channel. On, it's uh, Watching us Aileen, walk. Lake Aileen yeah. Ice Fishing. Yeah. And he, and Lance is getting the little safety briefing from Danny. And he just turns the camera and he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lance is huge, you know, this army vet. And he's a great big guy. And he's like, ah. This. I'm gonna go through. I'm a big guy. <laughs> it's, oh, to get that. 
to get that ice clear like that, it, it has to be almost perfect condition. So it's like, I think it's a super slow freeze is what slow, it is. A slow freeze and no wind. Yeah. Yeah. And all those impurities just kind of just ooze right out of it. It's just like clear block ice. Well, and not only that, I mean, that water, those lakes. Yeah. I mean, they got to be some of the best water in the world. I mean, they're just amazing yeah. to me. I mean, wow. It's a lot of fun. That whole the whole Caribou region, you know, oh, it's just phenomenal. We used phenomenal to have so fish. much fun. Like I said, there's there's so many lakes up there, and you know, you don't just have kokanee. You've got big rainbows. You've got lake trout. You've got uh, all sorts of stuff in there. It's a lot of fun. Oh. I I mean, those were some every fun time years. we go up there. Yeah, you know, you just I, I just want to stay up there for a while. Yeah. I just want to stay up it's there. It's been fish. four years. Yeah, I know. I know. Those were some really fun years. I wish you could have gone, Britain. It was really, really. Well, fun. we're gonna we're gonna have to we'll go figure again. out. Yeah, we'll figure out another. We're gonna do that brook trout. We need to we, go with Pittenger. Yeah, we we need to do the. I brook was the trout. office office pledge wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I had to keep you know clean stalls and stuff down here. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. He can't. He doesn't get let out. Only like oh. once every other month. Oh, that's right. Are you that way still in the old home office? Yeah, uh, she <laughs> locks the door. She locks the door before she leaves, and you know I can come out about three thirty. <laughs> but I have to go straight to the barn and go pick up goat poop. Does she? <laughs> does she have something with with your boss about that? Does she? Are they collaborating? Lock his door Good. before you go to work, and then you can unlock it at four thirty. It wouldn't surprise me, but uh, he'd have to he'd have to pay her to do so, and I don't think he's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> on to other things now. <laughs> That's so no, awesome. that 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 uh, you know, it's really neat because you know Danny was extremely extremely knowledgeable, and and how he articulates and gets information out to people with that bc fishing information he he does a very very good job yeah he's, he's, ta- he's taken that now into the whole photography thing and and it, it's kind of neat yeah it and is it, he's, he's a good done a really good job with it he's a good speaker good photographer yeah. great fisherman he's just full of energy yeah that's the thing that's the best part <laughs> yeah he is full of energy yeah and i don't think yeah, well, uh just so you know not, not spoiler alert kind of anything but i I don't think BC fishing with him is long for the world. No. Yeah. No. So what yeah. I was going to say is that bcfishing.com, you know, if that does no longer cease to be a Danny thing, make sure you jump on there as soon as you hear this and go read the articles. Because yeah, if he, you have any yeah. interest in going up to BC and doing any type of fishing, you can go on there and pick any style of fishing, any species of fishing, and he already has it dialed in for you. You can yeah. copy and paste that stuff in there. Obviously, don't reproduce it, but you know he put it out there for people to learn how to catch more fish. And um, I, I repurpose a lot of them for the Mac Attack, but you know there's so such a wealth of knowledge on there that you guys got to go definitely check that out. And uh, while it still lives and exists, because Danny's a busy man and uh, he's you know, kind of jumped into to different endeavors. So basically just go check out the bcvision.com while you can and uh, gather up all that knowledge because he's so good at taking the listener or the reader or whatever through exactly how to do something and explains it extremely well. He has videos too. Yeah, his YouTube, uh, that, that should probably still exist, I believe so. So Danny basically did a, a 
they were one of the first people to really start using the sling blade through the ice. Yeah. And uh, did a, a really cool about six minute video on, you know, the proper way to rig up, a, you know, what we call now is an ice rig. Yeah. Um, he, he he developed that that entire style of fishing and we predominantly are putting four inch sling blades on a lot of our stuff when we're ice fishing now anyway, especially for trout kokanee, you know, works extremely well and, you know, throwing a, a glow hook at the end of it. I mean, they'd been doing that before we even knew uh, Danny. So uh, yeah, pretty yeah. cool stuff. Ice fishing. That sounds fun. Other than the, the temperatures, but I, I didn't even get to go ice fishing last year with my brand new ice suit. you got a suit. So, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter. No, I'm excited to go ice fish because it's not gonna be cold wearing yeah. a freaking Under Armour hunting well, suit. Yeah. Remember, we had we had like what four shows set up that got canceled this year. I mean, this whole this whole year has just been a, a major yeah. cluster. So I think we should do Banks Whitefish and hopefully run into a walleye. You know what? I, I I think we need to do that. We need to do Whitefish through the ice. And then hopefully get it's a walleye. A, it's, a, it's a big deal. I mean, back in the Midwest, whitefish, they, they catch a lot of them. All alone, they were catching whitefish. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Richie's over here looking at me, crossing his eyes. Well, it's, something, and... it's something different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just giving they it They can crap. go watch me catch 47 walleye and Bobby 46. And, <laughs> you know, they, they've, see, they've seen that show before. <laughs> no, they've never seen that show. They've never seen on the, that. On the last ice show we did, that was a straight slaughter domination on my part. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yeah, here we go. That curlew, oh, is that your time about? Yeah, one after the other. I 100% won that one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, How many I, I think the they must have. got one on a jaw jacker. They must have. I caught one while I was actually fishing. Yeah. They, I think that's true. I think on the trout for sure, you probably outdid him. I know you outdid him on that because he didn't catch a trout. I did too. I well, caught he, first trout with with the new he jig. He sprinted over. Oh. He sprinted over on a jaw jacker, which, you know, technically I caught mine on a jaw jacker too. But his was. I actually reeled <laughs> mine in. His was like on there for two hours. <laughs> it was already tired. Oh man! Oh, it was God. four times the size. You know, oh. they must have taught these kids how how to count like some exponential type yeah, thing. It's new math. One no. one one means <laughs> one means completely eight. Completely opposite. <laughs> It's completely opposite. It's just proving that the, as the brain ages, you can't count right anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's a never-ending, folks. It's yeah. never-ending. We've got a few a few things coming up. So when we get uh, when we get a little bit further on into the month, we'll uh, we'll have a few uh, stories. We will. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a few stories a and few a few stories. things to do. Oh, that's right. Rich will be gone for a month. Yeah. So remember, I told you I'm building a cabin. I'm probably not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna do a zoom zoom from. No, uh, there's there's no middle of Montana. No, there's no cell service. There's no nothing. Yeah, get some of get some of that Starlink out there. No, no, I have <laughs> I have a I have a, I have a uh, an inReach, but I'm not giving you guys any information about it, so you can't reach me. <laughs> oh. Fine, we'll, we'll just go back to the Ford Mobile Studio. Yeah, yeah. you might have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you got this technology, you could do this. Yeah, getting Bobby set up on here? Yeah. That'd be a treat. 
right. Well, uh, that should do it. I got to jump on uh, HairedOutdoors.com and go get some seasonings and some barbecue sauce. So I'm going to go do that, and uh, we are going to talk to you a little later. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to go follow us on social media, at MaxLure, at HairedOutdoors. Like and follow and rate five stars the podcast. And until next time, we will talk to you suckers later. <laughs> <laughs>